you've tuned into Invisi Youth Chat Sessions, a video podcast series. Our episode starts right now. Here's your host, Dominique Vale. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Invisi Youth Chat Sessions, where you can check in for your dose of stigma-breaking, empowerment-building, humor-filling, life hacks, and motivation tips for all of the medically adultish people in your life. I'm Dominique Vale, founder of Invisi Youth Charity, and welcome back to another episode of Season 2 of the Invisi Youth Chat Sessions. We love having fun and interesting guests coming on to the show, and I can tell you that our next guest is somebody we've been wanting to have on for a very long time, because she has been a part of the Invisi Youth family since the very first year of Invisi Youth, so she's known us as we've evolved, and I've been very excited to have her on. Um, I'm going to introduce to you guys our very first celebrity ambassador, who also is a Paralympic medalist swimmer, ESPN correspondent, author, and motivational speaker. I had to get all of her titles out. It is Miss Victoria Arlen. Hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) I'm going to be like whipping out some fantastic facts about you so all of our um, listeners and viewers can get to know a little bit more about you. So in 2006, Victoria um, ended up developing two rare medical conditions, transverse mitolitis and acute disseminated encephalomyelitis. After being in a vegetative state for four years, locked inside her body, aware of her surroundings and yet unable to communicate, Victoria defied the odds and fought back into her health. In 2012, Victoria competed in the Paralympic Games in London, where she earned three silver medals and one gold medal in swimming, and later was ended up joining the ESPN team as one of their sport um, correspondents. Why can I not? She is a sports commentator and correspondent, so there we go. That's why the two words were going together. Um, And also, just fun facts for Victoria, has a lot of cool accolades that go on to her recently. Last year, she was a semifinalist on season 25 of Dancing with the Stars, and she is now an author of a memoir, Locked In, which was released last year. And shameless plug and surprise for Victoria, you can see her book, and her her face is right next to me. If you are not watching on our YouTube channel, you can see that I'm holding up Victoria's book as a surprise. You look like that today, that's for sure. So everyone, we have to welcome Victoria to the show. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Good, good. I know. It's like, and thank you for the introduction. You're too. you're welcome. It's it's fun when you can list out some of your guests' accolades, and they're like, oh wow, I have like a lot of things under my belt. <laughs> it's weird. I uh, I've been I've been doing a bunch of different filming the last like two days, and and it's weird when my accolades are all listed because I don't think of them like ever. As weird as that sounds, yeah. And then when people start talking, I tend to be like. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what to do. Um, I, like, don't know what to do with my hands. But, uh, yeah, so thank you. It is it is interesting sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> I know. And the similar where, like, I was just saying to a lot of our board members, I was like, Victoria and I are close in age because I'm 26 and you're 24. 24, yeah. 24. Thank you for getting that right. I got um, introduced as 30 the other day. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, that's six years off, honey. Like, I get 28 a lot. I get 27. Sometimes 26 is usually, like, between 26 and 28 is, like, the magic number. But 30, like, someone's like, in all 30 years of her life. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. when did I turn 30? <laughs> <laughs> when did I forget that? I'd be laughing. I usually get the opposite. Everyone's like, oh, you own a teen charity and you're still in high school. That's so great. I'm going, nope. I'm a lot older than most of the kids we work with. Thank you, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I, it's, it's, it's a compliment. Um, 
But at the same time, it's always funny. And then you say your age, and they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, like really? I, I think because I think as the industry in which I work and the different projects I'm on and, and the people I'm around are much older than me. Like, yeah. my friends on average are, like, 10 years older than me. Um, like, a lot of a lot of my dear friends. And, and so it's funny because I, I, will, I will be in a situation, and they're just like, you're the – Baby. <laughs> oh, I'm 24, like, or or the opposite, you know. Oh, so how many kids do you have? And I'm like, well, I'm still kind of a kid. Yeah, you're like, so. not yet. <laughs> well, now, see, now that we know your age, we're going to go into our first segment where you can let us know more fun facts about you, and all of our guests can get to know more things straight from the horse's mouth, so they'll be able to get to know more fun things about you. So we're going to go into Rapid Fire Roundup. Rapid Fire Round. All right, guys, in Rapid Fire Roundup, this is where I'm going to throw out some fun facts and questions to Victoria so you can get to know some insightful or quirky fun facts about her, and we can get onto the show moving forward. So, all right, Victoria, I'm going to be throwing out questions for you. (laughs) All right, are you a morning bird or a night owl? Uh, Morning bird. If you could join a TV family or friend group, which one would you want to join? The TV fan, like, what do you mean by that? Like, if you wanted to, would you want to be one of the one of the people on Friends, or be like one of the kids on Modern Family? Like, what fam, what TV show would you think? Oh, I'd want to be in that group. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, we could say we could say friends well, well, we can say we can say friends it's a good answer <laughs> even though i get no, i don't know i've never been asked that question before now now you'll have an answer next time somebody asks that random question i have no idea wow okay <laughs> so if you what is something what's something that you always run out of at home uh i always run out of uh well before i bought in bulk oh no almond milk i'm almond. always running out of almond milk like i <laughs> I have to buy, like, I have to just buy, like, and keep some in, like, my cabinet because I run out of almond milk and paper towels. Paper so, towels, as always. Amazon Prime because <laughs> I buy bulk. <laughs> if you had to move to another new city, which one would you want to call home? Um, I think uh, New York City would be cool. I think I could do New York City or... Um, I love Boston, but I think New York City. There we go. I'm shameless. I will say you should be in New York City, too, is another option. <laughs> I almost did. It was it was between L.A. and New York, um, but weather. L.A. was a lot more like home right now. And the weather's um, nicer, let's be honest. Yeah, it's well, been really cold here. It's been, like, it's been like 50s and raining and back and forth. Now the sun's out, but then it's raining still a little bit. Um, yeah, probably New York. I love it. I do. Are you a coffee or tea drinker? I'm both. I'm very, I'm from a very British household. So tea has always been kind of the go-to. And then I discovered matcha not too long ago. And there's a lot of really good tea spots out here. Um, So I do love tea first and foremost, but um, I also don't mind coffee either. Um, I don't mind coffee, but I would, if I had to choose, I'd pick tea. To pick tea. All right, where um, where do you have your Paralympic medals? I had a brand leader asking me to make sure they, we axed it out of you. So I didn't, uh, as of a month ago, I, I wasn't sure. 
Oh no. Uh, They're not with me here. Um, They're not with me here because traveling with them is a little interesting because they get flagged at TSA. So they have to, they have to swipe, like swab them, but then everybody wants to see the medals. So then it's like a, you know, what should be a five minute ordeal is like 15 to 20 minutes because then people want to take photos, which is great. I'm all about that. I just feel funny. I feel really funny showing off my gold medal, as silly as that sounds. Um, so they're actually at home with my parents in the safe, I believe. I think for a while they were in their closet and they were in my <laughs> closet. And then we were like, we should probably put it in the safe. <laughs> it probably they're, is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, they're in like, they're, they're in a safe because you can't get another medal like if something happens to it. So, uh, they're in a safe and it's really funny because, um, sometimes like my, my parents will just bring them out at like dinner parties and stuff. So. I love it. Everyone can try them on. <laughs> yeah. My dad, my dad is such a, is such a, is so adorable. He's, he's so proud. So, uh, so that's, that's always fun for him when he has like clients that come into town. It's like, Hey, do you want to see a gold medal? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, what is one of your favorite like workout styles or like a different type of workout activity you do? I love doing Soul Cycle, oh, which nice. is a spin class. And um, I, uh, because of just the situation going on with my legs and stuff, I have to move every day. So I love Soul Cycle. It, it's like dancing and spinning, and you're also dying at the same time. So I really, really like that. I've done, I've actually been doing a lot of work with them recently, and it's just an incredible company. Some of the most beautiful souls teach their classes. So I love that. I love Pilates. Um, I just started getting into Pilates. It's oh. I, I, lo- I feel like an awkward turtle on the like reformer machines, but it's an incredible workout and it's very gentle. Yeah. Um, and then I really love I love doing like the ballet bar workouts, but um, I have an incredible trainer out here, so he just puts me through the ringamarole. So I, I kind of like the I like to kind of surprise my body every day. I love that. Oh, I do love that. Perfecta. Um, what would be if you had to if someone had to describe your taste in music, what would they say? Very diverse. diverse. I can go from, you know, my worship, Jesus jams, to straight <laughs> up gangster rap in a split second, to house music, to uh, more coffee house, to classical. Um, I'm I'm very diverse. Like, my playlists range from the most ratchet to the most, like, worshipping. Um, I think it just depends on, like, my mood and, and where I'm going and if I'm trying to, like, cheer myself up or if I'm trying to give myself a pep talk or if I'm also just taking a moment of gratitude. So I think it just depends. But I'm, oh, I always have music on. Like, I have music always on here. I always have my headphones on. I'm, I, I love music, and, and I think my brain can get so scattered at times with all the different things I have to do that music just kind of keeps me, keeps me a little focused and chilled out. I'm imagining you having an Insta story that will just go from from worship to ratchet and all of a sudden with my music. Yeah, I, was in, I, was a couple, I think it was like two weeks ago and we were waiting for uh, Tiger Woods press conference and it was taking forever. And so I literally on on Instagram just did this video montage and I was entertaining everyone in the in, in the in the booth. And because uh, they were filming, we were still waiting. And I'm just it goes from like Chumba Wumba to Journey to uh I think we put a little I think we put did we put ice cube in there oh, uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch like <laughs> it was so it was so diverse so yeah I think I think we're due for that but I think it's also just a surprise like when people come in the car with me what what will come on the shuffle what will nobody, come knows. On? <laughs> nobody knows nobody knows <laughs> and most of the time when it's like cute when it's like worship or when it's like fun rock or pop 
he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But then when, like, Ice Cube comes on or, like, a straight-up, like, gangster rap song, they all look at me like, like, like what? what? <laughs> That's more, like, my fun type of thinking of, me, of being, like, very, like, guess what? <laughs> I love that. Oh, and um, last but not least, if you had to describe one of your favorite ways to pay it forward or do charity work, what would you pick? Um, I love visiting kiddos and volunteering at children's hospitals. Yeah. I'm very involved at the children's hospital in Los Angeles. So uh, I love I love helping out and, and being able to kind of be an example to those kiddos that like, hey, I spent a lot of time here, but I, <laughs> yeah. not, I didn't go to children's hospital, LA, but I spent a lot of time in the hospital yeah. and here I am. Um, so I love doing that. And then I love my charity, my foundation, the Victoria's Victory Foundation, um, which really aims at helping individuals with disabilities and have their wings to fly. And so um, I really love being able to like, we have a scholarship, we have a victory scholarship program. And I, and I love when we can grant a scholarship and say, here's your wheelchair, or here's a wheelchair van, or here's a ramp for your house and, and see that even just such a small thing opens up their world. I love that. We're going to link all of Victoria's links and the foundation stuff below in our video and everything and on our social media. So make sure you all are going to stay to the end and you can see that too, but then you all will be able to link all of that for Victoria. All right. We got through your rapid fire. I I know more things about you than I have over these past few years, Victoria. I love it. (laughs) I know if I was still making mixtapes, I would know that I would need to up my game on what I would need to do for you. (laughs) I don't even, I think, goodness, I'm not in the mixtape era because I would have too many tapes to make like, I'd just be too much I'm just like thank you Jesus for Spotify because right. I just thing. I can just live my best life <laughs> I love that so like Victoria said she gets very empowered by her music style so it's a good transition to go into our next segment which is path to power path to power Okay, with Path to Power, this is where Victoria and I get to discuss different moments and how-tos of owning your health, or as we like to say, the steps to have a path of power and empowerment in your life, especially with a lot of the challenges that so many young people with illness or disability have of things that often sometimes feel a little too taboo to talk about or stigmas that they run against. Um, How do you empower yourself in those scenarios? So that's what Victoria and I are going to talk about. So one of the things is that I know you are, we talked about it a bit before, but I know you're such a big advocate for the power that sport and athletics has played in your life and your health journey too. So what really has empowered you to stay very active and especially in the sport community too? Um, I think for me, I couldn't move for a lot of years. I had no control of my body. And so when I did get that control back, I think it was so empowering that movement creates more movement. Mm-hmm. And so every day, like it was funny, a couple of weeks ago, I was at SoulCycle and, and I go multiple times a day sometimes or multiple times a week. And I was literally just spinning and I looked in the mirror and just had this moment. I was like, those are my legs moving. <laughs> my legs are moving. Because for 10 years, I was paralyzed. And I was I was told to accept that. And um, so I think I'm empowered by movement because movement drives you forward, whether it's a small movement, a big movement. Um, most of the time, it's the small movement that leads to bigger changes. Um, so I'm very empowered with what my body can do. I think it's easy for us to focus on what we can't do or what we don't have, especially when you have a disability or chronic illness. And so I think when you shift your perspective, 
um, it, it really reminds you of what you can do and what you have. Yeah, even kind of going off of that, too, because I know you and I are in, in with different illnesses. It's a similar boat of kind of dealing with the aftermath or the residual of different um, chronic illnesses that it, it is invisible a lot of the times of what you might yeah. be going through. So what would you kind of say if you're in those like in a soul cycle class or you're in sort of a public gym and you're trying to do more physical activity, but other pe- people are kind of seeing you might be struggling? What would be some sort of advice that you would give other young people to kind of empower themselves in those moments? I would say keep going. I said, you don't know what people are going through. So what what may look like someone has it all together probably doesn't. Like 90% of the time, none of us have it together. Yeah. Um, like even today, <laughs> I, I was like, I do not have it today. Like today is just not my day. But, but you have to keep going. And I yeah. think the only defeat is when you stop trying. And, and there are days where you have there, I think we, we all, whether you have a disability or a chronic illness or not, I think it's taking that out of the equation and realizing everybody has a day, everybody yeah. has a good day and a bad day. Everybody has a day where they can't keep going or they just feel like, what am I doing? That's called human nature. That's yeah. called you're human. You're not a robot. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's very, um, it, it's 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 shifting your perspective. It's really just focusing on running your race. I think it's easy to get caught up in other races. It's easy to get caught up in what what do people think of me? What about this? What about that? And overthinking is has has over the years been my worst enemy. And yes. so um, I think just letting go and just being like, look, I've got today. I've got right now. We don't have tomorrow. None of us have tomorrow. And so I think you just have right now, and you need to own it. And know that you're awesome and know that even just just a small movement can create a wave of change. Exactly. I love how you said that, too. It's just sort of like owning owning your own lane that you're in, because a lot of times you do, especially for young adults, for teens and young adults, you are you're very apparent of what other people are doing in their lives. And, and then also looking. And yeah. And you're not wanting to rock the boat or you're not. Um, and that can be friendships, relationships, yeah. work. You're, you're kind of in this like. And, uh, and you have to learn to really like hold your head up high, like hold your, hold your standards high, hold who you are high and put yourself at the forefront, you know, like care about others, treat others with respect, help one another, but really, really care about yourself and, and work on empowering yourself because you're the only one that can do it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and opinions are like so subjective too. I'll always say that to young adults that sort of what you're, if you're really inspired to like try and get more active and get into sports, especially adaptive sports too, like really give that an honest try and try. Exactly. Yeah, like you really just have to go for it. I think it's, it's easy for us to get caught up and, and, and be like, well, no, or maybe, or it's like, no, go for it. Because the only defeat is when you sit on the sidelines. But it's when you just decide to get in the game that that it all seems to work out. You just have to kind of step into that unknown and and have that faith that it's all going to work out and that what's meant for you in life will not go past you. And and some of the best things come out of the moments where you're like, wow, I really kind of walked away from that to walk towards this. But I didn't I see that path clearly and I know it's not right. But this path is a little less clear. This path is a little scarier, but it always usually leads. It's taking that path and taking that leap of faith, ultimately, that leads you to some of the greatest, greatest gifts, greatest blessings and, and greatest things. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. And kind of even going off of that, too, what would you say sort of how do you keep kind of that self-motivation or that like personal empowerment when living with an illness or a disability? A lot of times people kind of question your capability because they only have that stigma mindset of, oh, well, you must have so many limitations because of a disability or an illness. So how do you kind of maintain that sort of self-motivation to keep trying even if things are there are natural limitations that a lot of times your body can have on you. I think uh, it was a lot more apparent when I was in my wheelchair and when I was kind of early coming, coming out of my um, vegetative state. But for me, I'm very stubborn. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so I don't give up on, on anything, but I also just keep pushing through and keep fighting. So it was a big thing to just kind of prove people wrong for a very long time. And then I found that that almost became an unhealthy thing for me where I was so focused on proving people wrong and proving that I was okay and proving that I would, I would burn myself out. And it actually, this, this past November I was, I was on set at ESPN and, and I had a neuro flare up and I haven't had one in like three years and was immobile and all this stuff. And, and, really down and out for the count. And, um, but I had been pushing it. I had really been pushing it. I was, I didn't get, I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. I was, I was working, I was traveling, I was working out too much. Like I was just, I was just a little bit of a tornado cause I was, I was in that zone. And, and so yeah. I think it's, it definitely takes a balancing, you know, motivation is great. Um, and, 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 and going after it is great, but also being kind to your body, I think is, one of the hardest things I've had to learn over and over and over again, where I literally feel like sometimes God has kicked me in the gut and knocked me on the floor to be like, chill out, child. <laughs> because I'll just be like, gotta, 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 gotta. And, uh, and, and like even today, like I was talking to my mom and I was like, mom, I'm just not with it today. And she's like, so chill, like take a day, like don't overbook yourself. Don't do a million different things. And I was like, but I want to. And I think me, you know, a couple months ago, be like, no, 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 can't sit still and do all this stuff. And then I was like, oh, you know what? doesn't sound like a bad thing <laughs> <laughs> a break sounds nice <laughs> yeah it's like finding that that balancing Balance. act and then and then having like people that will will kind of put you in your place too yeah it is yeah. it's always that support network of like family and friends and even colleagues that you get to work with or fellow classmates yeah. and stuff people that kind of they on the outside can notice that you're overdoing it be like you might want to take a step back and when you have health issues a lot of times you think oh well it's just because I'm sick or I have a disability that's what's it's limiting like, me it's your human yeah like, it's just I, normal I it's normal like you would you would you would you would tell a normal person not to take two soul cycle classes in a Pilates <laughs> class in one day right my uh, my my jaw just dropped to the table. Hold on, let me put that back up. Like you you would tell a normal person not to do that, right? Yeah. Not oh, even someone yeah. who was paralyzed two years ago or who was has a neurological <laughs> issue and stressors can you know putting too much stress on my body can trigger yeah. you know spasms and issues. So you would tell a normal person that. But then, as my trainer says, my, my and my trainer has been one of the biggest advocates because he's someone that has to kind of check in with how my body's functioning and everything. And, yeah. and he says that he's like, Victoria, I would tell a normal, he's like, well, you're, you're normal, but you know what I mean? Like I would tell someone without a neurological issue that two soul cycle classes and then coming to train with me 
is a bad idea. Yeah. And yeah. and so it's it's taking out, I think, for a while. I was like, it, was it because I was sick or was it because I was paralyzed? And, and, and then I was like, no, it's because I'm a human being and yeah. I really need to be kind to my body. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna you know really hurt myself. So I think it's it's realizing that it's not just because of what you've gone through. It's also like just you you shouldn't do that. Yeah, no, exactly. It's knowing that like limitations aren't always your medical limitations, as I like exactly. to say. Limitations can just be because you're you're normal. Yeah. Which is which is shocking to me a lot of times. I'm like, oh, this has nothing to do with having chronic illnesses. It's just yeah, I'm tired. It's, it's literally just because, like, and my my trainer said it perfectly. He's like, no, it's not normal. He's like, you, like, I wouldn't tell even the most in shape person to do that. Like, that is not healthy for your body. And then you throw in your neurological condition, and I was like, oh, okay. oh right, right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> I need to take a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it kind of even like I was la- I was laughing because I wrote it even down in my notes too. One one of my many many doctors, as a lot of you listeners and viewers know, I've my total of referrals has gone up to like forty three doctors in the grand scheme of ten years with health issues. And one of my main doctors, who's my general physician or my internist, he was he goes, well, Dominique, if people start questioning why you're challenging yourself or you're doing a lot of physical therapy or going to um, your like training with the gym and everything, and you're trying to push your body, he goes, ask them where they got their medical degree because I'm the only one who can tell you when something's right or wrong I went to school for it and yeah, it was just yeah, this yeah. dawning moment going like yeah you're right none of you guys have a medical you have no one of you have a PhD so yeah. it was just kind of even knowing as I like to say where where the outside commentary or even like your inner inner voice or like where the outside commentary is coming from like really take a step back and a lot of times just see like where you can be self-empowered because you're seeing where a lot of like the outside opinions or perspectives are coming from. Cause like I said, they're not all doctors. No. And, and a lot of it also can be because people feel inadequate. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, I know with like my friends and, and stuff, there's times I think for a while, like I was, I, I mean, now it's kind of a huge part of my job and stuff. I, and I, and my health as well to be in good shape. But I would, we'd be on vacation, we'd be doing, and I would, I would order healthy, or I, I don't really drink, and I, um, and I, or I'd be going out and working out and doing stuff, and for a while, I'd be like, well, just chill, just do this, just do that, and then, and I, and I said, no, like, this is chilling for me, this is yeah. so I can chill, and so I can have a, a, a good time, and so I think it's just, a lot of times, it's just people just don't understand it, or they, they mm-hmm. feel like their, their opinions entitled, which listen, be respectful, but also just do what you want to do. Yeah. And, and, and being, it, yeah. yeah. And being empowered with your own personal decisions too is great yeah. because yeah. you're your own best expert. It's you're in your own body. So like I said, I know what's going on. I have to yeah. live inside this thing every day. So yeah. some days I'm like, can, can we just, can I borrow somebody else's for like an hour <laughs> and then jump back in? I'm good. Just give me jump an hour. Just, take <laughs> just give me an hour. Yeah, well, um so going off of that we're going to go into our next segment with victoria um which just seems appropriate for her and i it's in power with laughter in power with laughter Okay, everyone, with the Empower with Laughter segment, we hear it all the time that laughter's the best remedy, and if we could prescribe it, it would be the one of the few things we all would want to be prescribed. But in this segment, we're going to talk about how you can kind of find that humor in sort of the, your medically bad moments, your medical setbacks, and how you can kind of move forward with that empowerment of being empowered with a laughter, with joy and things. So kind of 
the most basic question to ask is how do you kind of stay hopeful and find humor when, like you had mentioned, when you had one of your neuro flare ups, how do you kind of find the, the joy and humor when you're having a bad day or even a bad health day? That's kind of my go-to. Yeah. Uh, humor. I, I come from a very funny family. So uh, I've always been kind of brought up around laughter and, and looking at the glass half full approach. So I think that's just innate, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and also like, I, I, I like, I, I'm done seeing people cry and I don't like making people nervous. And, and, uh, and so I really just, I, I'm pretty even keeled. Like it takes a lot to freak me out. Yeah. Um, like a real lot. And it's usually the after fact that I'm freaked out, not during, like during, I go into like stealth mode, <laughs> um, but also humor mode too, where I like keep, try to keep it light and, and everything for myself, but also everyone around. So I think it's just an innate thing. Um, I'd rather laugh than cry any day. So, uh, so I think I just kind of innately, and even if I'm, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's always my knee jerk. I always tell people I laugh when I need to cry. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah. Like literally. So, uh, so, and then if I am crying or if I'm upset, then it usually means that it's like something pretty bad, but I, I try to keep humor with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I can't even like when you say that it's sort of from it, it is sort of like an internal emotional support mechanism, even on my end, I'll yeah. always say is just I'll for, for my health issues, because it affects my neurological system as well. If I start to cry, it's just then I'm then like my breathing gets heavier and then it affects my cardiac. And it's a it's just oh we're like having a lighting mood change hold on everyone (laughs) so if you're listening if you're watching i just got very pale more than my albino my there we're back i have normal coloring i'm not albino anymore (laughs) we're back um so kind of going off of that too laughing obviously is what i just did now um (laughs) with my lighting um so it, it is kind of having that sort of internal response of just it causes me more men- medical strain to start crying or starting to get into that sort of sad mindset of things aren't going yeah. my way and my health's going bad and things that doctors are trying aren't working or I have to take a break from things at work or running with running in busy youth. I have to give jobs to other people because I just medically can't do it. And a lot of times it is just that knee-jerk reaction is I'd much rather cry about how bad things are getting um, when it's, like, really horrible. I would much rather just laugh about it until it gets to that point. Because, like you said, a lot of times you kind of want everyone around you to not. If I'm worried and panicked about my health, then everyone around me is on, like, high alert because it takes yeah, a that's lot. that's the thing. That's what makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So me laughing really also is to make sure no one else freaks out because I, like, I don't like that at all. That makes that's what probably makes me more uncomfortable than the situation itself is everyone's response around it. And then I was like, ah. <laughs> I know, I know, and also especially even when we go into like medical appointments because I will even mention I had one of my doctors didn't know what to do any longer, and she just started to cry in the appointment with me, and I didn't know what to do. So then I'm starting to console, and then I just started laughing and went, and she kind of stopped crying, and I went. I said, why was she crying? Because um, with my cardiac issues going on, they didn't know what to do anymore. So she kind of reached the end of her knowledge and her rope and just said, 
I kind of have to tell you, you have to live this way. I don't know what else to say, or you have to, I have to send you to another, another specialist and another doctor that's out of mine. And she just kind of started to cry. And I, my mom is a nurse for over 35 years. So I bring my mom, I say, she's my second brain since I have memory loss and also my medical journal and support system as my friend. So I said, I brought her and I'm looking at my mom going, I don't really know what to do right now. No one's, no doctors ever cried in front of me. So I just kind of laughed and said, oh my God, well, if you're crying, I'm like, really? The, the ship is sinking yeah. <laughs> and so then she yeah. kind of laughed and was like oh right right and I said well you got, I said you have to laugh at it it is sort of it is sad but you have to laugh at it as well I said this is just I yeah. I said I have to kind of wake up tomorrow and do everything I said so if I have to continue living every you day with it yeah. yeah so it is a big sort of support I, was, I had a I had a I had a surgery and I had some really bad complications I ended up having like seizures again and so I was in the ICU and they had drugged me up so badly so I'm just laying there drooling right and uh and there's tubes everywhere and they um they come in and like you look at my medical records you see transverse myelitis and acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, you immediately think vegetable, lost cause, all these things, especially when it's been going on for, at this point, it was over 10 years. And uh, this doctor walked in to my, um, my room and, and said to my mom, so have you been her full-time caretaker for the last 10 years? <laughs> and I like looked and I was, I was very dragged up and I looked <laughs> and then I looked and then, I, and then, and then I was like, huh? <laughs> and my mom was like, I would never say this. But you need to Google her and come back in. And so they Googled me, saw everything. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I'm just like, never a moment. And they're just like, oh, my gosh, she talks. <laughs> she talks. Wait, I love that. Your, I love your mom's response. Just Google my kid and come back. And then, uh, and then I was like, never a moment. Yeah, so I get that. They were way more, they were way more doom and gloom. And I was like, no, this is fine. It's just a hiccup. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And I kind of even going off of that to a lot of people who do sort of look you up or follow you on social media, especially on your Instagram, like it's pretty much like 90% of it is there. It's funny posts where even I'm, I'm we're going to have graphics popping up with some of our like top favorite what? Instagram photos and captions that you've had um, over the past couple years. You're going, oh, God, which ones? Oh, um, <laughs> but like, how has that like how especially with like you having a very public platform and a lot of young adults that we get to work with do a lot of advocacy in smaller scales or even large scales working with other nonprofits working with us as brand leaders or working with other charities or businesses how do you like how do you say like oh i'm going to use a lot of humor and joy especially with the way you post on your social media um i think that's just who i am and i think um you know i know that i was given the second chance by the grace of God. And so if I can, if I can do anything but make people smile and give people a little hope, then that's, uh, that's really special for me. That's really important to me. So, um, I think that's a big part of it. I think also, uh, I just naturally did that. Like it wasn't something I was like, I'm going to go and be funny and inspirational. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to be as authentic to myself as possible. Yeah. And, uh, and then realized it was catching on and realizing that people really liked it. And, and the messages I, I was, I was getting or the comments were like, your posts just make me happy. And even like my parents, friends will come up to them and be like, she just makes us smile. Like we really look forward to when that bubble pops up and she has something <laughs> on her story. Cause she's usually doing something crazy. Um, and so I think it just, it just kind of happens. And then, and then I realized I, 
I, cause social media can get overwhelming. You can get really consumed by yeah. it. So then I realized I'm like, okay, like I have a platform here. I can't like live on it, but this is a platform for me. So I think it was like a combination of that, but then realizing that wait, I have like an opportunity with all the like crazy things that are out there on social media. If mm-hmm. I can be the one little breath of fresh air, then I'm happy to do it. Yeah. And one thing I really love too, is especially even within the last year is because you have your, especially with you being on Dancing with the Stars and sort of your, your sort of bubble of knowledge across, especially the States, people more universally were getting to know you, which we were very excited about. It's like, oh, now everyone's going to know our ESPN girl. Um, (laughs) So kind of going with that, you, I, I personally, and I know a lot of the people that work at Invisive too, you were talking a lot, even more openly about like emotionally on that side, that some Sometimes you just you need to have like real talk even on your platform and saying, you yeah. know, like some days are hard. And I started that um, because uh, I went through a really rough spot about a year ago where I was just really down and out and, and dealing with a lot of PTSD and, and, um, and anxiety and depression, which shocks people because you know last year was when I was kind of taking off and mm-hmm. and uh and, and when it kind of all started the train really started moving and and I was you know on the outside of the train was smiling and great and lucky and all this stuff and then on the inside of the train just curled up in a ball and so I started to realize like how many of us are standing at the top of the mountain but feeling like we're on rock we're in rock bottom yeah and so I I uh I really, it took me a while in my book to even put it in there. And then I was like, wait a second, like there needs, I have this opportunity to, and I have this platform to speak about it and be super real about it. And, um, and it was kind of different than the silliness than the super inspiring thing. Cause that's one word I absolutely do not like is inspiration. I know. I, I just don't, it's overused. Yeah. Um, even that just made me choke a little bit. <laughs> it's overused. And so, uh, so I'm just not a huge fan of it, and yeah. and um, and uh, it just kind of I, I realized very quickly I was like, okay, how can I just keep it super real and not cheesy? All right, guys, sorry about the odd. T- obviously, you saw a lighting technical difficulty. We just had a Skype technical difficulty, but now we're back. We have Victoria recording another way. So you should really be watching this on YouTube and our audio podcast, but our YouTube channel, because this is going to be very special. Not only because Victoria is special, but this is just very special right now in terms of our technology. (laughs) So we're going to go back into laugh. This is why it's the best segment for us to have all these fun things on, because it's really with laughter. So rolling it back to that final question with the segment, I was going to say that I I think it's really fantastic that you've been sort of using your platform and how – with you having such a a positive motivational and humor built into the way that you sort of motivate every day and then have that in your work that you do as a motivational speaker as well and in the work that you do using your platform but I love that you've kind of brought in that sort of the realness of the of sort of in your mental wellness and everything that has gone on in life too on that other end because we'll always encourage other young people that you can a lot of times you feel like you have to maintain a persona with friends or with your platform because yeah. well everyone wants me to be like the fighter who's overcome all the obstacles and now the does this the mo- yeah. yes i am the inspiration porn of your daily life um it so it does and and i said that that's something really great because there's such beauty in sort of going through struggle and showing that 
And even as of tip that we'll always say, one of uh, my good friends that owns another nonprofit, the Breasties page more, she even said, I time, I post my things a couple weeks after they even happen so I can like emotionally go through it and then post about it. But sometimes I don't even post my own physical face or things going on. I'll just take a landscape photo or a quote and just put it up and stuff because I want to post about something that's sort of the real raw side of things that are going on that's not my typical mo of motivation but just sort of showing the other side and i think that's something that i've been really i've seen so much positive feedback that you've been able to do too because you are sort of what a lot of people like to say you're very well known for being the happy positive humorous person who's gone through so many health struggles but there is a real side and sometimes you feel like you have to live up to that even when you're not feeling the best yeah yeah, yeah. So that's like, that's definitely um, something I've learned is to be a lot more transparent or like, um, just be like, you know, what, today's not the day. And so I'm gonna go MIA on social media or, or uh, be super real too. I think that's been a big learning curve too. And I think being in the public eye, there's a lot of pressure to keep everyone happy to say yes to everything when I've actually found more empowerment by saying no. Mm-hmm. And um, being more honest. So uh, it's it's definitely a learning curve for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you kind of hit that right on the head. It is that sort of, it's more that external pressure that you then start to put on yourself of, well, everyone wants yeah. me to be the motivational speaker on the soapbox talking about advocacy and rights, but then on the same token, like you still have to deal with your own health experience and life experience too. Mm-hmm. So it is that balance of finding both, which really does end yeah. up making your your own wellness better on the day to day. And you seem like a very real person that I always say, let's give some dimension I try to, to you. I keep it super real. <laughs> keep I, it real. Uh, what you see is what you get. And that happens to me a lot if like someone uh, will come up to me when I'm out and about and they say, you're just real. And I was like, well, thank you. I hope that the person you see is like, because I think that was, uh, you know, even when I first was kind of starting out in, in this crazy industry, I think I uh, that was the, that's always a, a thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you meet, whether it's an athlete or a celeb or someone you really look up to, do they live up to your expectation? And so I never want anyone to ever feel like what they see or what they've come to know about me and then they meet me is, is not the same because that's not how I was raised, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do try to keep it super real. I do. I get shy, though, <laughs> which most people don't know about me. Um, I can get a little shy, especially if there's, like, a lot of people and a lot of people know who I am and I don't know who anyone is. <laughs> I think I, I tend to get a little a little shy in that sense. I think I'm human in that in that way. But um, but for the most part, I try to keep it, you know, super real. Yeah. And authenticity. If you're staying authentic to yourself, I always say it keeps it. It's better in the long run because then you don't have to Absolutely. don't try oh and be better yeah. anyway. Other I way. can't even emphasize that enough because there's been enough people I've met who really weren't authentic or I've seen them mm-hmm. turn it on and turn it off given who it is. And um, and yeah, that's not cool. No. And so keeping it real, we're going to go into our intermission segment with Victoria, which is my favorite because I don't have to talk. So it is called So That One Time. So that one time. With our intermission segment of So That One Time, I let my guests tell me a fun story about their life, whether it's empowering, motivational, happy or sad. They get to empower me with a life story because, as we all say, we learn the best from people when they get to tell us a story. So I get to sit back, have a drink of water and let Victoria tell me and all of you a story. 
I don't know. I have too many stories. Um, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> um, I'll tell the story of, um, what am I going to say? Um, that one time, oh, so that one time I was, uh, I, it was my first outing in my wheelchair with my brothers and they were very excited because I learned how to set up the wheelchair van and, and strap me in. So we're in a store and this woman comes up to me and anyone who has any form of disability probably understands this more. So, and she's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you in a wheelchair? And, uh, and I was feeling a little sassy and humorous. And so I looked at the woman and I said, what are you talking about? And she was like, the, the wheelchair, like, what is up with that? And I was like, what wheelchair? I'm not in a wheelchair. Am I in a wheelchair? And then I started freaking out and my brothers kind of looked over and I was just like, play along. So they come over and they're like, why did you tell her? We just had her on an outing. She hasn't, we haven't really broken the news to her yet. And, and then I started crying and all this stuff and we're, we're, they roll me out and I make this huge scene and, and they like roll me out and as they're rolling out, they're like, you're twisted. You know that? You're so sick. I was like, look, for anyone, I was just looking, I was at a Hallmark store. Like I was just trying to just shop around. And for like Mother's Day card or something, I'm like, don't come up to me and ask like a personal invasive thing. So that was that was my one time that I, I really kind of messed with someone. <laughs> I love that. You're looking around. Am I sitting in a wheelchair? Like, what? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> did that just happen? So, um, and I like yeah. that you pointed out too, like you kind of responded with some sass, but it is sort of like, it is just sort of personal. Like it's your business. Like it is. I, just because I'm, wear, I'm in a wheelchair doesn't mean it gives you permission to ask what's wrong with me. Like what's wrong with you? Exactly. I've, I always will say to people who are like the, as we put in air quotes, I'm putting finger air quotes, like the healthy, able-bodied friends and family are just spectators in life. Although we yeah. will always encourage them that if you are dying to ask me a question about if I have a cane with me or whatever, or I yeah. have lots of KT, on my hands or my legs and it's very apparent if you want to ask a question just usually preface it with you totally don't have to answer this i'm just curious but and then answer your question yeah. so then you give or the like person to know someone yeah like, ask me something like, else like, it's like kissing on a first date like you gotta get to know someone before you kiss them right you know and and the same thing with like this like you gotta you gotta kind of like before you just dive right in you gotta kind of get to know someone a little more or we'll always say if somebody if someone asks you a health question if they cannot and they can tell it's visual with your health or disability we'll always say you can actually throw the question back at them being if they ask me oh where do you need do you need the cane because you need help walking and going well what helps you to walk every day are the sho- are the shoes helpful and then you just sort of throw it back and they're going oh and I'm like what's wrong with you exactly it's and props to your brothers too for going along with that I thoroughly appreciate them. They're fantastic humans. I love that. So going off of finding some sort of like life hacks of how to respond to the awkward, inappropriate questions that healthy people like to throw your way, we're going to go into our next segment called the Health Hack Moments. Okay. Health Hack Moments. 
with health hack moments. This is where Victoria and I get to talk about some of our life tips or life hacks of living with chronic illness or a disability, how we can kind of make those health struggle moments just a little bit easier when you're on sort of the day to day. So what would be for you, obviously you mentioned a lot that you travel quite a bit with your work um, now. So what would be some sort of like health hacks or tips of things that have helped you traveling if you're not feeling well or things that you might keep on you to kind of make the flights or commute easier for you? Uh, a lot of water. Mm. I drink a lot of water. Um, I buy two smart water, like the one liter bottles at the airport. And I try to get through one during a flight and then the other one throughout after, like by the time I get to my hotel. So a lot of water, a lot of work, like moving. Mm -hmm. I always try to find workouts to do. Um, I try to eat as healthy as possible. I think I always tend to forget to eat. Um, so really yeah. paying attention to that and rest. I, I, I mean, the whole month of January, I think I spent three nights in my bed. So, um, That's so, sad. so my own bed. So, uh, and though I was sick as a dog during that. So, um, so I think rest and, and I take a lot of like immune support, like natural supplements to help with that. And then also my face, like I take a, like a lot of moisturizing, um, I try to wear little makeup when I travel. So it's it's really just rest and hydration and just pampering yourself are kind of my health, health hacks. Yeah, absolutely. Even kind of going off of that, if I ever have to be like on a long commute drive to like going to a speech, speaking engagement or like have to fly anywhere, I'll always say like essential oils, like making sure I either have lotions that have it or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's super helpful just to kind of keep me in a Zen state or even just sort of muscularly wise because with my nervous system issues that happen, a lot of times my muscles will just lock and then I can't get out of the seat. Yeah. So it's a lot of times trying to find those fun workouts when you're sitting in a chair um, is always my fun little health hack when you have to travel quite a bit. Yeah, um, I try to just have somewhat of a routine. Um mm -hmm. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, most of the time, I usually have someone with me when I'm traveling. So I have someone that kind of keeps me accountable to my routine and making sure I eat and, and stay sane because it's very easy to just get overwhelmed. Um, but I think pampering with the mind, body, and soul with like fitness, eating healthy, hydration, and rest are huge. Yeah. And also, like I've learned that it's, it's really sometimes good to just lay in your hotel room and watch TV and just chill. Yeah, no, absolutely. Even kind of going off that when you mentioned yeah. that you travel a lot with people, what would be some sort of like tips you would give when from from our perspectives of you doing your work with the different sort of because you have so many different projects you work on or if you have other young people that are in school having to do projects or they're working at a company and they have colleagues, what are some sort of tips you give when you are having like a bad health day and you kind of need to collaborate what are some tips you have of doing that just be honest yeah yeah I am I'm fortunate like the people on my team know when I'm having an off day or I'll just be like a heads up I'm I'm a hot mess uh my mom <laughs> my mom will always kind of know too so she'll give them a heads up if I won't I'm I'm less stubborn now to like admit where I'm like hey no like I'm kind of having a day um, I think just being honest and, and being transparent and being like, hey, guys, it's not my best day today, but I'm here. I'm trying. So I think honesty is always the best policy. Yeah. And even going off of that, too, because I've always said with a lot of young people that I um, have always been very private about sort of like the ins and outs with my illnesses and what goes on. So I kind of have the people who I work with 
and even just personal life and then also in my work life that they know medically and then they'll know if something's up. But then also I kind of will then on the other side have people that are helpful when it comes to, okay, I know I can contact these volunteers and they can help out. No questions asked. So kind of knowing your circle of people. Right team. Yeah support you yeah yeah and knowing these people I can tell more info to and other people I can just ask for some assistance or collaborator hey can you get involved today I'm a little I'm a little tied up when I'm like literally I'm exactly I'm like I can't move today literally but thank you (laughs) um so what about um for a lot of young people especially people like myself who deal with invisible illnesses and it kind of affects their day-to-day what are some tips if you are sort of out and about with family or friends or out with your friends on a night out and you kind of have a flare-up or something kind of is sort of like a moment of setback what are some tips do you have of either talking to your friends about it or things that you can do to kind of be like oh I need a minute I need a minute to rest something's up Um, I think the big thing is like what I said before is honesty and Mm -hmm. having the people in your corner be prepared and people know that like hey like this is because I won't always admit when I am uh having a moment. So I think it's having the people that just are just being transparent and knowing that they know when sometimes to have you stop or have you take a chill pill or have you sit down um, or take medication. So I think for me, it's just having people in your corner that understand and don't get freaked out by it. And, and people that, that you're just super honest with. Don't be a hero in that sense. Like, yeah, let people help you let people know what's going on because they, it'll only just help you and, and normalize the situation. Exactly. And I even at the, um, through the charity, I'll always tell people that it's sort of the movie, the movie theater effect, as I like to say, when I when you walk into any environment, like in a movie theater, they will tell you to find your exits. But when you sit yeah. down, I say always walk in a room and find where there is chairs or seating, no matter where you are, even if it's farther <laughs> away. I always say just kind of like, it's sort of subconscious It's 10 years later, and I will always walk in and like clock where a chair is or where there's couches and be like, all right, if I'm having an issue and all of a sudden, because I have spontaneous neuropathy where I can just lose sensation in my left leg, and I'm like, all right, I need to sit because if I try to take a step, some, I have no idea what's happening on half of my side. So um, I always will say to people, have the movie theater moment and clock your exits, clock your seats, <laughs> and then yeah. you can move forward. That's a great one. Um, and especially because you do a lot so much with being physically active and fit, what are some sort of health hacks or things that you might have if you are, um, like when you go to different gym classes or you're with your trainer, are there things that you either wear or that you have that you'll be able to use if you need sort of like extra support when you're being active? Um, I have leg braces, but I don't really wear them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then I do, but no, I think it's just knowing not to push it. Mm-hmm. And if my body's not functioning at a hundred to not try to make it go to a hundred. Um, so I think it's now knowing my limits and then also listening to my trainer when he's like, Hey, no, you're at like a 50 today. So I'm going to train you as a 50 and then we're going to recover. And, and so I, I think it's listening to the experts, but also like for me, it's just knowing kind of knowing my limits. Yeah, and I even say because of where um, I'll do working out, there's a lot of trainers and there's like heart monitors that are present so I can check with my cardiac right away of what's on me. So we'll always say there's a lot of sort of like small tools that you can even have on you physically. I'm a huge fan of K-Tape. It's usually on me 90% of the time. I live for K-Tape. <laughs> I yeah, live... when I have injuries or when my ankles are acting up, I live for K-Tape. Oh, man. I, uh... Uh, yeah, so I have little hacks like that, but I think it just depends on the day. And knock on, 
wood, I've been pretty good. So, uh, so I've, less has been more right now, but there's moments where a lot is necessary. Yeah, I always say if I go to the gym nowadays, when because there's a lot of music that a lot of times gyms will have, but sometimes from like a sensory perspective, it's very loud. I said, now I'm the person that wear, I'm the grandma who wears earplugs to the gym. So, and, and now I, my, my sister, yeah, my sister got me skin tone that matched my albino Italian skin. She goes, now nobody knows. And then we just think you can't hear them when you're asking questions or can I borrow your dumbbells? I just can't yeah, hear anything. Yeah. I'm like, well, I need to work out, but I can't listen to the noise and you don't want to disrupt a whole class of can you lower the volume so all 40 people are now going to be like on monotone level music i said so i just put i just put in earplugs and it's on (laughs) you have to adapt so i always say there's some very there's very small things of getting compression pants instead of normal yoga pants or like k-tape like you and i even mentioned there's just small things that you can kind of add to help you along um and move more functionally in your day to day for sure yeah Going off of that, we're going to go into our final segment with Victoria, which is something we know she does quite well. We're going to go into Break That Glass Ceiling. Break that glass ceiling. Break that glass ceiling. So with Break That Glass Ceiling, this is where we get talking on conversations that are often sometimes stigmatized or misconceptions within the chronic illness or disability community and how we can obviously break the proverbial glass ceiling. So kind of the first one is how have you sort what are like what are stigmas that you even experience sort of in the athletic community or in just general life? And then how do you kind of feel like through the work you're doing that you're able to kind of challenge those stigmas? Uh, I mean, I think the first one was you look at my medical history and everyone assumes that I'm fragile and delicate and all these things. And I'd like to say my heart's delicate, but uh, (laughs) as far as I am, you know, I think for me, a big thing was, was like, no, I'm here to work. I can be pushed. I can do this. And so I think it's, it's been a lot of saying like, look, that's my past, but it's not who I am now. You know, I'm not that vegetable anymore, if you will. And so, uh, or I'm not paralyzed anymore. And and so I think it's been a lot of that has been, uh, is, is smashing the stigma of the fear of me getting sick again or me getting, you know, yeah. going backwards. So that's been a big thing, I think. And then, um, I, but there's also kind of this reverse stigma because I'm so young and all the things that I do, I, I kind of will get made fun of for being such an overachiever, you know, and, and I yeah. think it's just people's own insecurities that will, will speak louder, but people being like, do you ever rest or do you ever take a break or what are you not doing? And I don't know how to answer that. Like I, I'm like, I'm simply just living my life and doing what I love and, and really taking the second chance I've been given and not wasting a moment. And so I think that's been the biggest thing is like that reverse stigma of people being almost kind of thrown off by my successes and even people older than me, colleagues, people that I've worked with and that, you know, the minute I started getting really successful kind of outside of their comfort zone or outside of where they are, Mm -hmm. it was, there was a whole different level of, of kind of a stigma or a jealousy or an envy, which are two things I don't have, I don't possess. And so I, uh, I, I, that was a very interesting thing and made me also realize to make, you know, keep my circle really tight in with people who are encouraging me to be better and to push, not people who are encouraging me to like sit on the couch and chill out. Um, you know, I want to, I want people in my life that encourage me and inspire me to keep, keep breaking that glass ceiling, keep moving forward, keep 
um, you know, keep challenging what's possible and, and not letting your age or you're doing too much or you've done so much like get in the way of that. And so it's, it's been a harsh kind of reality for me this last year where I, I did, there were people in my life that I had to kind of push aside mm-hmm. or kind of bid adieu because, um, because they were, were kind of stunting my growth. And I think it's very easy and we get caught up whether it's relationships or friendships or, or colleagues that, that are indirectly stunting your growth out of their own kind of inadequacy or their own insecurities and being able to discern that and move forward from that and surround yourself. You know, there's, there's one of my favorite pastors. I listen to him every week is Joel Osteen. And um, he says, you know, surround yourself with chickens and you'll cluck like a chicken, surround yourself with eagles and you'll soar like an eagle. And so I think it's always keeping in check of who are the people in my life and, and around me and are they inspiring me? Do I feel, you know, good and inspired and empowered when I, when I'm with them or do I feel kind of, less than or or like I need to dull my sparkle or like I need to kind of con- contain myself in a box and so I think that's that's really been a big thing for me this year is is not being afraid to break out of that box not being afraid to soar um past people yeah and even like you hit it right on the head too is it is that sort of questioning capability because there is such a connotation that having a chronic illness or disability has to stunt everything because you everything's five times harder and your body can't do things medically and it's sort of questioning capability the weird thing is like people think that because of what i've gone through Mm -hmm. i should be behind or i should be this or i should be that and i was like no if anything it fired me up more to be be not just normal yeah, exactly. And it is just sort of like normality. Like this is, as I'll always say, my this is my body's new normal. It's been a decade. This is just how my body needs to function. And I just have to add other add other things or other people around to achieve things that you might be able to do alone. I might need extra people or extra steps or have to do things differently. Yeah. And it is just that getting removing that stigma of finding the people around, like you said, getting that support network personally and professionally of people who look and go like hey you've you've taken these health sort of obstacles and work with them and that's motivating in their end as well exactly and I even like how we've even talked about it before is that sort of the the big misconception of of just being inspirational just by having a daily life with a health issue and it is (laughs) it's an it's a it's an overused word which is just sort of the which is unfortunate because it is such a fantastic word in the vocabulary but um we'll always say too it's just sort of i'm i'm inspirational by the hard work that i'm doing by building in busy youth charity by working with these fantastic young people they're inspirational to me because of the work they're doing and their advocacy they're not inspirational because they walked up a flight of stairs today and they happen to be sick my daily life is not inspirational. My work is inspirational. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like that. I completely, I think that's a solid note to end on. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Like how you break, break that proverbial glass ceiling as a young person. It is just, well, my work is inspirational, not the work that not I do. Not me. Not me. Well, I think you're inspirational, Victoria, because oh, I just think you do fantastic work. You are very, you show a lot of like strength in the work that you've done sort of medically in your life as well you have so much empowerment in that and then also with the work that you get to do with other athletes and then also with your motivational speaking and all of that so I always say it's great to kind of be empowered through the different things that you get to do in life 
Thank you. I appreciate that. You're very inspiring, and, and I'm very honored to uh, to know you. So thank you. Of course. Well, uh, we're going to end on that sort of, like we said, proverbial breaking glass ceiling moment. And I'm yeah. going to thank Victoria for being on our show. And like I said in the beginning, I want everyone to be able to find you on social media, find Victoria's Victory Foundation as well. So where can they find you and your foundation so they can learn more and connect? You can find my foundation at victoriasvictory.org. And then you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. It's at ArlenV1. I love that. I love that. And we're going to have everything linked below, like I said. And we're going to have a little link pop up with the foundation's website on it so you can find it too. Um, we love that the work that they're doing, especially with so much of providing so much empowerment for other young people with disabilities. That's something we love. And we love that Victoria is doing that as well and paying it forward daily like she always does. And so, like, we always tell you guys, you can find Invisi Youth on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Invisi Youth, and you can find the Invisi Youth chat sessions on our YouTube channel to watch the episode, which today was visually entertaining, and you can listen to the audio <laughs> podcast on all of our audio podcast networks, like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can listen to a podcast, we are probably there. So make sure you give it a thumbs up, five stars, write a lovely review, we love to hear from you guys all the time, and we will get to see you guys next on our next episode of the Invisi Youth chat sessions. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.